welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to the welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today we're joined by a lovely guest, Karabo Masedi. She's a South African travel and automotive blogger and content creator currently living in Netherlands. She joins us today to share her egg donation story and to enlighten us about the process of egg donation. So welcome, Karabo, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, um, th- thank you so much, Ola, for having me. It's really uh, amazing to have this opportunity and platform to speak about, you know, this topic. Thank you so much. We're so glad to have you here. Uh, so to start off, we usually say, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. <laughs> um, that's always a very difficult question to answer because um, we, are so, we have so many layers as, you know, human beings and I always struggle with finding the right layer to pull up. But um, I am a, a content creator, digital content creator, uh, specifically in the travel and automotive industry. Um, however, I feel like, you know, the whole industry is just fluid. So I'm, I'm just, you know, a branch into all the other things that I just find interesting. And I'm also a two-time egg donor from South Africa, and I'm currently based in the Netherlands. And yeah, just started living my life here and, you know, exploring and seeing what the country has to offer. Wow. And what an amazing page you have, Instagram and your YouTube, really, really amazing. So for anyone listening, do check it out. You're doing excellent work. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, <laughs> And of course, you noted that you're a two-time egg donor. So what was the inspiration behind you becoming one? Um, I think at first, at first when I applied, it was because of the money. I mean, you know, when you think about um, what is the quickest way that you can make money, it's always egg donation or, you know, like the quickest things that you find on the internet that people are doing. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was very young. I was really young and I had just started my... Um, my university studies my tertiary studies and I think I just wanted a quick fix to make money but um, I got rejected and I don't even remember the name of the clinic that I applied with Um, and then a few years later which was um, because when you grow your view on the world and your values as well change and you start seeing the world as 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 it is you know in your eyes and and the things that uh, influence people to do to do the things that they they do and to want the things that they want and I think for me um, that also influenced um, my decision to egg donation because I had heard a lot of stories about infertility and all the money that goes into um, trying to have to have kids and for me that just felt like something that could that could be fixed quickly if you know I helped as well if I just um, jumped in to offer whatever help that I could and for me um I vis- I revisited the, the 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 whole idea of egg donation because it seemed like the most easiest thing that I could do when you compare it to surrogacy um mm. so I thought you know what uh, let me just research more and explore this this uh um avenue a little bit you know a little bit further before I can commit to such a uh, a decision and process and when I went into 
um, researching the clinics and uh, the entire process, it just felt like it was, you know, it was a sort of a, a, an easy thing to do to help someone. And it didn't really need too much time commitment from my side, as long as I could help someone become a parent. And I could see the joy, you know, changing someone's life without expecting anything back. And I think that's where everything took a turn when I was, when I started uh, working and I started opening myself up to social media and learning about infertility and people's uh, processes and, you know, how they were trying to have kids and they could not. And all they needed was a little bit of, you know, external help. Right. Wonderful. And how was the process? I know that, you know, you, you said that in comparison to surrogacy, of course, uh, it's not as uh, time consuming uh-huh. or intense, but how was the process when you actually got to do it? How was the process of the egg donation? Um, I would, I don't want to say it was easy. Um, Mm -hmm. as I mentioned before, because that was, you know, the expectation that I, that I had that it was going to be easy, but I also don't want to say it's difficult. Um, I think that my expectations were just a little bit, um, downplayed and also, Mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot that a lot of information that you receive, I think that makes it overwhelming and overwhelming process because they also want to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, so my process was, was in between, honestly speaking. Um, and I'm saying in between because you are taking hormones that you don't know how they're going to react to your body, how they're going to treat, you know, to treat you or how they're going, your body, how your body's going to react to them. And, also, after the entire donation process, what happens to your body, your, your, your mind, you know, um, mm. all the things that have been happening to you, you know, what's going to happen? So for me, the process was super easy when it came to the application itself, um, because I was sitting there and I thought, you know what? Today is the day that I actually look into this website and I look at the application form. And I remember it was one of those days where I was just you know, bored with anything to do. And I thought, let me just fill it out because I've been putting it off for such a while. And when I started, it took me a, a long while, but it was such an easy, you know, an easy and flowing um, um, application form that it made me think about my family history, which is something that I never really think about and think about also my health and that of my family members. And yeah. it was a little bit interactive um, in the sense that I had to ask those questions, you know, find out more about my family. And after that, when I, when I, when I submitted it, and it was just a waiting game, which I actually didn't even think that they would respond so quickly. And I remember I had to go through um, the psych uh, screening, the scans. And I remember before I could even do that, they had already found a match for me, which was so weird. They found a match so quickly (laughs) and they had to, um, kind of, um, get the calls going, um, call, call me, call the psych, um, you know, arrange a psych, um, a meeting and do the scans and all of that. They were a little bit, you know, um, excuse me. They were a little bit, intimidating um because I've never had like a scan done before and excuse me and when you are in that situation where you do something for the first time you feel a little bit exposed um 
you feel like you might miss something because there's too much information. But um, I think it went well because I knew that I had the power to ask the questions. I was given a platform to ask questions that I was, you know, I was all the, with all the concerns that I would have, I would raise them. And if I wanted to stop, I had the power to do that. And, um, and everyone that I was working with and everyone who gave me the information was always willing to hear me out and, you know, to just rest my concerns or, you know, always available for me to ask those questions. So it was a bit of a difficult and easy process to, to be in. Right. That's good to hear that, you know, it all works out uh, not mm-hmm. too far from what you expected. Exactly. But what, about the, what about the injections? Did you, did you find that difficult? Did you have to do it yourself or did you have to go to the clinic each day to get the nurse? Uh, so, <laughs> so the injections were, the, were one of the difficult uh, parts of the process because mm. I'm not really scared of injections, but um, they're not my favorite thing to do. Um, so with the injections, luckily for me, um, at the time of my first donation, I was staying with my best friend and we ah. actually, exactly, we actually decided to donate at the same time to apply. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I applied first, then she applied after me when I explained to her what I was doing, because obviously I needed support and yeah. she was very excited that, oh my God, like you can do that. Um, I want to know about it as well. So I told her what I was doing and, and I also told her that she doesn't have to do it. Like it's a personal decision that you make, you know, mm. and she was also all for it. And I think she applied after me and she got matched first uh, before me, which oh, was wow. just so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, um, and then I got matched after her a month after her. And, um, one thing that so I started seeing with her are uh, the injections and she would do it herself because I just felt like oh my god I can't do it because it's just gonna it looks painful and um when I got mine for the first few days she started doing it and she started doing it on me and I remember I had a trip back home to visit my family and my little sister who's only um 14 um decided to take over the process of injecting me <laughs> and she was like no I can do it don't worry I can do it and I, th- I thought okay well let's do this let's do this and she would help me as well um I think after a few injections probably four or five that's when I took over myself and it was time um it was the last injections that I had to take <clears throat> and time for the retrieval so after a while, I got used to uh, injecting them myself. And I also got really confident um, with the doses and mixing the, the doses and what I needed to do. So it just was like a, a process of settling into the, into the routine. Yeah. Well, that's good that you had that so much support and then you had a friend doing it around the same time, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That really helps. What about the hormones? Were there any effects on your hormones did you notice any changes in you during that whole time when you were steaming um well I, I think like I didn't notice anything right away because I was just 
so much focused into the process of, of things and I wasn't really looking to I wasn't expecting any changes to happen because I thought that my body was ready my body mm-hmm. was doing this and it's like to me it just felt like a natural thing to do you know and I think right. you know your biological clock as well when it <laughs> when it's busy ticking and your body is also preparing itself to to start having kids, I mean, even with yeah. people who don't want to have kids, I mean, your body's always ready. It doesn't mean that your body stops working uh, just mm-hmm. because you want, you know, different things at different times. And um, so I think at the time I wasn't focused on, oh, I'm going to start seeing this or something's going to happen or anything like that. My focus was on, am I doing this right? Um you know, when are we getting the, the, when are we doing the retrieval? And I think after the retrieval, um, a few months after the retrieval, that's when I started noticing changes, um, such as, um, my, my weight and I had gained so much weight on my tummy. Yeah. (laughs) Where the injections were going, that's where it was. And, um, And also on my face, like I could see this weight gain. And I thought to myself, this has got to be the hormones because I have eaten so much in my life, um, stress, you know, all these other things, but I have never gained weight that quickly. So um, I think for me, it was just a result of um, the hormones and luckily for me I the, the the people that I have in my circle, my friends, my family are people who really don't make it a point to point it out that, oh my God, you gained weight, you know? Um, mm. So it's a matter of, oh, well, I gained weight. Oh my God, I look, I look, I look beautiful. Wow. You know, because I mean, with such things, when you, when something happens to your body unexpectedly, you start feeling a little bit uncomfortable, but um, I always think that it wasn't a weight gain out of vain, like in vain, it wasn't done in vain. Yes. Right. Um, so it was for a bigger purpose. And I think that what, that's what makes it even much better. Yes, that's a good way to look at it for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And now thinking of the whole process, you donated twice. Would you donate again? I would. I definitely would. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm not even sure if this is, this is right to mention, but I got a DM uh, from someone, uh, one of my followers, and she asked me if I could donate to her. Um, and I, I, I really don't mind. And that's what I said to her as well, that I don't mind doing that because that's something, it speaks to my values. You know, if you need help right. from me, something that I can do, I definitely would. I, I would love to donate again. It's something that, you know, gives me um, fulfillment and right. Um, when I look at the things that I've done in my life that make me happy is, you know, egg donation is one of them. Um, however, I have been told that I should not donate until I see a doctor and somebody who's gonna, who knows my donation history, um, because there might be some health complications there that need to be, um, need to be taken care of first. And, and as such, I have been taken, taken off the list of donors because of that complication oh i see okay so hopefully that gets sorted and then you know you you can uh, be able to make the decision if you want to do it again or not yeah exactly but then also um donation age is also a factor so (laughs) what's the cap (laughs) so the cap is 35 and i'm i'm like you know i have only four and a half years left so right right Okay. But is there a cap on the number of times? I I know that in your case, you've just been told that 
in case there's any um, concerns they need to look at. But mm-hmm. apart from that, is there a cap of the number of times that you can't donate? Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so um, they try to do this because they don't want to... Um, to find that there are people who donate um, too many times and you find that around the world siblings get to meet and without <laughs> without right. knowing you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so there's a cap of six times in South Africa um, okay. I don't know about anywhere else um, I do believe that if it's more than that it will be uh, a concerning thing um, for for the if the, if the eggs are, are successful all of them you know right right um, so it's six times, and if I remember correctly, if if you donate and the receiver is is successful with conceiving yeah. and it's twins, then that counts as two donations. Oh wow! Okay. Exactly. So if you have like um um three sets of twins, then that's six times, and you're done. Right. So and do yeah. you get do you get the updates on the pregnancies? You yeah, yeah. you you oh, okay. you can ask. Yeah, you can ask. Uh, on to, you can only ask if it was successful. If it was, then they're not gonna give you any more information. Um, you are not. You are also not. You know, allowed to ask all those things. And I prefer not even asking if it was successful. You know, I mm. feel like if I was to donate again and they tell me that um, I can't donate anymore, then they would be able to tell me that you know my eggs were successful. And that's it. And then that's all I would like to know. And then I stopped donating, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think that it's my business because it's not, it's not, it's, it was just an egg for me. And I really don't need to know what's happening after that. All right. And with the donations, because you know that when you're talking about the fact being known or not known or knowing the details, is, is there, are they known or known donors? Like, do you, are your details provided to the recipient? No. Will they no. Be, is it ever provided in the future? Because I know some countries will say that when the child is 18. Um, um, no. So no. Okay. what happens is um, the, the recipient only, only sees, you know, pictures. and um, Oh, so they see pictures. That's good. Yes. So they see pictures because they want to, at least they're given the, the, the right to choose what the child will look like because you want somebody right. who's going to resemble you, right? Yeah. Um, so they see the pictures, they see the family history in terms of um, um, diseases or any sort of um, um, disorders and all these other things or things to note, you know, because I remember when I was, I was feeling the, the form where things that, you know, you love about yourself or anything like that. And I think I noted some some of my physical traits and also some of my... Um, you know, some, some things that I can, that, that I can do myself without, you know, that I have taken up myself. And those are the things that they actually um, take into account that, um, you know, they might come up when the child is born or, and, and such. So they can see the pictures, but um, I can give consent whether I want the child to reach out to me when, when they're 18. And I said, no, oh, okay. um, if ever and then they ask if ever the law in South Africa changes that we can release your details to the recipient and the and the uh, the child uh, do you consent to that and I still said no um, I I don't know <laughs> I don't know how the future or what the future looks like but mm-hmm. I would I would I don't know I don't know if I would want to know because honestly speaking when I donated I donated to 
I donated an egg. That's how I see it. I, I, did, I don't expect anyone to come and say, hey, mom, um, I'm here for you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I, I don't see it as that. And also, yeah, there's just, there's just, yeah, there's just no, no, no way of telling how the, the law is going to change. And I think also with the parents as well, I think there's some sort of a disclaimer or some sort of an NDA that they have to sign as well in terms of uh, their information uh, being shared or the child's information being shared. So I think it goes both ways, which is mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah. So for me, I just said no to everything. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, even the fact that, you know, you're really active on social media mm-hmm. and you, and of course, like, I got to know you from a YouTube channel and you sharing your egg donation story. Yes. And of course, this is still a taboo sub, uh, topic in many societies and especially <laughs> here in Africa. Um, why did you decide to be so open and share? Because really no one would have known if you hadn't said anything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I, I'm very curious. I'm very, I'm a very curious person. Um, the things that I usually do are out of curiosity, but um, once I land myself into something, I, I find that not a lot of people know about it. And if they knew about it, then they would be comfortable to tell their own story. And um, I think this just goes back to also sexuality and um and sex in general and you find that people don't really talk about these things and you know giving birth to women don't necessarily talk about these things especially black women and it dates back to our mothers our grandparents and you know everyone they don't talk about these things that if they did we would all be well prepared uh, for the future and we would make informed decisions about the things that we want to do uh, in terms of family planning um you know egg donation surrogacy i mean if you speak about surrogacy in an african home it's just like what the hell is even that no we don't yeah. do that yeah you need to have your own kids you know and it's just like yeah it's my own child but it's just, it's just that it's it's assisted you know exactly. <laughs> um so it's there's so many things that that our, our parents can talk about that can actually educate us better if only they had they were empowered to do so and I feel like information can empower a lot of people because when you know something then you know you know which which road to take or which decision to make in in terms of um, empowering yourself and hopefully your kids as well and I think that women are the most uh, the most that are robbed out of that information so when we know that and when we have the power to ask questions and to learn and to research then we know that if I donate my eggs today I'm helping someone not that I'm, I'm I'm having a child with someone else you know and those are the things that we need to talk about I don't mind talking about anything as even if it means a lot of people are not going to agree with me even if it means you know I mean I remember someone said it's like um you're, you're trying to play God and I said, mm. no, it's fine. I mean, we, we don't believe in the same things. So it's not going to make, make me upset. But um, if I'm trying to play God by donating an egg, what does that mean for heart surgeons and, you know, brain surgeons and, and transplants and everything? Yes. Then 
we are all just meeting here on this planet playing God. And that's, that's fine by me, as long as uh, I was able to help someone. And that's, that's good. That's fine. It makes me feel good. And it helped them and they, they feel good as well. They are happy. So that's great. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it is amazing gift to, to, you know, to give to someone, especially with infertility rising globally. A exactly. lot of people that, are, that have um, that need um, egg donation if they wanted to proceed in that, uh, that mm. path. And so you being able to donate and help, it's, I don't think there's any way anyone can repay you with such an amazing gift. So thank you for doing it. And of course, like I said, the more we speak about this, the more people will be more enlightened and to be actually aware of what it mm. is. Because mm. some people just make comments without even knowing the details, like without even knowing the process. Yes, right? yes, so. yes. Uh, so, so, so one of the, one of the many questions, every time I mention egg donation, um, everyone's just run to money, like, oh my gosh, like, how much was it? <laughs> so, it's always funny because, and I do understand where it's coming from. Um, um, and when they, they find out how much they get, it's just like, oh, I thought it was a lot of money. But it takes away from the donation. Yes, I do believe that egg donors need to receive a little bit, you know, more or yeah. even like some sort of benefits when it comes to um, um, uh, what's this um, therapists and, and, you know, support in general. Yeah. Um, but if you give more than what more than what a, a recipient can afford, it's no longer a donation. It's a, it's you're simply buying the eggs, you know, and there needs to be some sort of regulation there to say, um, you can't just be buying eggs. If you're going to be buying eggs, then your health might be compromised. Uh, It's like buying eggs on the stock, on the, what's this on the dark market. Yes. Um, So there's always, then always needs to be like a a check and balance there. So um, just to keep things running in a, not a, I don't want to say fair manner, but in a way that, um, it's transparent, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well said. And, you know, you, you noted here about people making comments, uh, you know, when you share your story, what mm-hmm. about friends, family, did anyone, what was their response or reaction to the fact that you were donating eggs? Um, it's so funny because <laughs> I thought that they would all just think I'm crazy and they would say, no, I'm <laughs> not supposed to do that. What, what are you doing? You know, um, um, I mean, they sometimes make jokes about it. Like, oh my God, Garabo, you have a child somewhere in the world. Can you believe that? And mm. I'm just like, oh, well, I mean, I guess, but no. Um, but the nicest thing about um, my family and friends is that when I told them that I was donating, because when I started the process, I didn't tell anyone until I had um, completed my application and I had the first screening, the call screening, I mean, the screening call. And that's when I, I told uh, my partner and I told my family because by then my best friend already knew. Um, so the one question that came out out of those two people, my partner and my mom, were, will I be able to have kids when I want to? Um, right. Yeah. So that was the, the one question. That was the one question that they asked. And I said, yes. Oh, my word. Sorry about that. 
And I said, yes, um, because when you look at egg donation and when you look at, you know, um, the biology <laughs> and we menstruate every single month and those eggs just go to waste anyway. They just, you know, we just shed them. Um, mm-hmm. And when, when you do egg donation, obviously those eggs that were supposed to leave your system, that were supposed to die, are going to be nurtured. They are going to be stimulated. They're going to grow and then they're going to be taken out instead of, of me bleeding them out, you know? And right. so, which means that I'm not losing, really, I'm not losing anything. I'm not losing um, my egg count, you know? And, um, and also that's that's how i was i was explaining to, to them that um every single time every month I, I get new ones every month i get new ones and it's just a matter of them taking the ones that i was going to lose and they're going to stimulate them and then they're going to take them and they asked do you do, do they just take one or two or you know no they take about um 20 something 12 to 20 something um sometimes 40 depending on how many they are right. and um and that doesn't even, you know, it, it, it's, it's how, how many eggs one can produce in a month. That's a lot. Um, and that does not, does not affect any future um, fertility unless if the doctor sees something wrong and that won't be caused by the process that you're going to be undertaking with egg donation. If you go to your first scan and they see something wrong, that's when they tell you and that's when they will stop. If it's something that can be resolved and that can be resolved by them that doesn't need like surgery or anything like that um mm-hmm. then great it's a go ahead if you feel comfortable to do so but in the in 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 situations where it's going to affect your future fertility completely they stop it because um the worst thing that they could do they could do because they are under oath as well mm-hmm. so the worst thing that they could do is continue with the process and then you come back after five years saying that you would like to have a donor doesn't make sense why would you do that you know what I mean so um so those are the things that they always look up uh, look out for especially because they run so many scans uh before um the retrieval just to make sure that everything is going well and you are well as well and yeah there's not going to be any any um complications moving forward Right. And is there, I mean, you know, talking about future fertility, uh, like your family uh, or friends noted, and of course, in the right question, because lots of people think about that when they think about egg donation. Yes. Uh, in, in part of it, is there any option to also have egg freezing done in that process of egg donation? Um, yes, there is. Um, so, so you do get the option to donate your eggs to uh, a recipient. And also sometimes they actually, you just donate for your eggs to go to a, uh, an egg bank. And uh, that can be, you still going to receive the benefits that are avail- available. Um, and that's going to go to whoever is going to be looking for um, a donor. And, you know, they're just going to unfreeze your eggs and use that if, you know, you match 
um, the criteria of uh, what the recipient is looking for. And, um, and also they do pro provide services of freezing um, one's eggs if you have, um, in the case of um, cancer or um, just, you know, having made the decision on whether you want to have kids or not. Um, there are those personal services to freeze your eggs and uh, you can just use them at, at a later stage. So they do offer okay. those services, yes. Okay, so you as an egg donor can also choose to do that. Yes, you can choose to do that. In the future. Okay. Yes, but I think that's a different process because then you would want to be, you'd want to personally go instead of going through a, an, a, um, an egg donor um, application. Okay, you'll be going in as a separate application for egg freezing specifically. Yes. Okay, right. And... So that's so that's great. Like you know, I love the fact that they do a lot of scans, and if if things are not going too great, they let you, they advise you, so that way you don't move forward. Because um, yes. I think it's important, like you said, uh, that people are aware and informed of the situation, so they don't have to then come back again in the future and also seek egg donation mm. when mm. they donated eggs earlier. So that's good to yeah. know. Yeah, because I think that's one of the major concerns for people uh, that might be exploring that option. Exactly. I also think so. Yeah. Uh, and like you rightly said, the stimulation helps you to get a whole lot more eggs than you usually get each month. So I think that's why some people always wonder how is it that you're getting 20 something eggs when, you know, each month it might be one or two. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, the stimulation helps in that aspect. So thank you yes. so much for sharing. Uh, and of course, in your opinion, you know, we speak about the fact that you're one of, I haven't seen anyone else uh, in our society that is speaking about egg donation after donating eggs. So it's amazing what you're doing. And I'm so glad to have uh, found your page. I'm just wondering what else can we do in your opinion to encourage more conversations about egg donations and the use of donated eggs? Um, I think at the moment, I mean, um, I think there was a time where I was having a conversation with the clinic that I donated through, not even a clinic, the, the, um, the program, the people from the program that I donated through. And we were just having a conversation. I was asking all these questions that, um, you know, what are the things that a lot of people don't know about egg donation that you, you know, that they would like really like them to know. And it's the fact that, um, in South Africa, there isn't there isn't much information online if you go and research um, egg donation. Everything that pops up is, you know, America or Europe. And right. even in Europe, they, there's less information, but America takes the cup when it comes to the information that's out there. And most um, usually right. you find a lot of third-party information where the people are not even donors. And they just, you know, find random um, information online and they just posted as fact and I feel like if we are in a community or in a society where we have a platform to share these stories if we can have South Africans sharing their donation stories because there are many donors in South Africa that have donated and also people who are interested in donating they just don't don't know if it's the right time to donate and um and some people just want to donate for the fun of it because they just want to be a part of the process because they yeah. think it's fun. I mean, um, we do things for different reasons. And I think that if there is also um, a recipient who is open enough to talk about their story, 
even in a closed space, that's fine. As long as there is that sort of information out there to say that they have had this help from a donor and this is how their story, this is how their process went or this is their story. That would help a lot because I've realized that when people learn by watching other people, it becomes so impactful. And when you know that seriously, it does not take away from you to do something like that. It helps a lot. I think we still have, especially as black people, we still have this, um, we are very, we are very connected, you know, and we're very mm. attached to, to things. Um, and it's because of how we were raised because family means everything and anything that comes from you. And also when you think about African spirituality and, you know, anything that has to do with African, honestly, um, it's all about you. It's all, it's all attached to you. It's all, you know, the, the older you grow, whatever you've done in your life becomes a part of you. And yes, um, I might have donated an egg. It is a part of me. But to me, I'm looking at it with a Western lens, which may sound a little bit, you know, worrying or um, especially for a lot of for a lot of, of, of us um, African folk, you know, to say, well, you're looking at it with a Western lens, which is very weird. But um, once you learn to let go of the things that you should let go of and continue to be attached to things that are important to you, then that's okay. You are contributing to someone else's life. You are making someone else's life better. Their dreams come true of becoming a parent. And I think when we start having those conversations, of it's not taking away from uh, your roots, then that's fine. It's good, you know, and it's also going to form a part of you. It's going to form a, part, a history um, in your, in your, you know, in your life, but yeah. in a way that it's not taking you away from your purpose of family in your own uh, context, not in, in somebody else's just because you gave them an egg. So right. if we can remove ourselves from that attachment, um, I think we can do a lot of amazing things. I mean, if you can think about, a lot of the things that you've wanted to do and you couldn't do them because you thought of your family, your friends, and, oh, my God, I don't want to do this because it's going to uh, cause a strain or it's going to leave a bad, you know, taste or anything like that. Yeah, It's because of that attachment that we have to um, to our families and, and our friends and our history. And I think that it's okay but some things we should just learn to let them go. Um, so yeah, so so that's how that's how I feel about the entire process. Actually, when you know specifically about um, egg donation. So if we just need that, you know, that openness to talk about these things, so that we can yeah. educate other people. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you've done this egg donation in South Africa. Uh, do you think people are more open about their need to use egg donation? No, definitely not. Um, it's a very hush-hush um, um, thing in South Africa. And I say this because, and I, and I mentioned African spirituality earlier on, because I know someone personally who has, um, who has um, you know, conceived through um, a donor. And they didn't want to talk about that process. They didn't want to say anything, even to family members at all. Um, and I know this because 
I know what's happening, you know, in the world and I know I'm very open and I'm always curious to know what's going on. And I think um, because my mom was also part, was part of that circle of people that received the information about that process that they did. Mm-hmm. I also um, got the, you know, the, the secondhand information from my mom. <laughs> so yeah. um, they didn't want people to know that they were going through that process because they were scared that, oh, witchcraft, what, what if this happens? You know, what if that happens? And um, now this, this is not going to be, the pregnancy is not going to be successful. Um, mm. We need to not speak about this and um, we just need to keep it on, on, you know, keep it a secret until the, the kids are born. And even when the kids were born, that was not a conversation that, you know, we could have as a family to say, okay, this is, hap- this is what happened. Um, we had a donor and now we have, we have kids. So it's still a very much a difficult conversation to have because now um, they believe that even if they were to mention that they get they got they got um, help from a donor, it would seem as if the child is not theirs. You know what oh. I mean. So there's still that whole stigma around who does the egg belong to? What who does the child belong to? And that's not a conversation that we should be having. We should be asking. Um, if the parent is fulfilled now that they've got kids, are they happy? Um, how are the kids? You know, are they are they also happy? Are they healthy? You know, yeah. um, and that's it. Are they growing in a happy family? That's it. That's that's all um, we should be concerned about, and and we should be happy about, and that's it. We shouldn't be asking, um, are they yours? Are they who do they belong to? No, that shouldn't yeah. even be something that we're thinking about. So. Um, I, I still think that there's a lot, there's a lot of, com- of, of conversations that need to be had in terms of uh, this particular um, part of egg donation that can open yeah. up a little bit of doors to, you know, for access as well. Yeah, well said, Karabo. And, you know, all the work that you're doing is helping to make that change as well. Thank you. you. Know, because <laughs> people just see that and seeing you talk so openly about it and sharing your experience and sharing your opinions as well about it, it gets people thinking and they're going to be having those conversations even in their houses after watching your video, right? So well done. That's true. Thank you. Yeah. And of course, there's a lot of conversation. Like, you know, that uh, in Europe, uh, back in, I believe, the 70s, 80s, or even 60s, people that used donated eggs or sperm were advised not to tell any children conceived. And of course, um, there's a lot more um conversation and encouragement now uh Mm -hmm. in europe in in the states perhaps a lot more in the western world about uh, the need to tell children that they're dinner conceived and of course i've spoken to a lot of people here in africa well well you know i say that subjectively (laughs) the people i have spoken to so i don't speak for the whole continent um but the conversations i've had people have had concerns about telling the children uh, that might be conceived just because they had concerns that, you know, the people say that's not my child. Will mm. family members uh, remove the children from potential, um, you know, inheritance? Mm. Would children be spoken to directly and say that you're not part of this family? Things like that. You know, so mm. there's a lot of, you know, concerns and reasoning that goes behind people's decisions, either to tell or not to tell. Mm. Mm. what are your views on that 
I think I think that a lot of it is stems from fear. Um, I mean, as Africans, we are, you know, going back to the connection part and attachment. We are, we we our our belief system is all around, you know, the family tree and, um, you know, legacy building a legacy. That's mm. that's you know, you want to continue your, your family name and, and so forth. And when you have someone who does not necessarily um, share the same bloodline can become a little bit of a taboo because we, we still attach to those beliefs, no matter how much we think that we are liberals, we yeah. are very much conservative and, and we like to think that we are off the world. And <laughs> when it comes to such things that are very deep, we are very scared. And I think a lot of women wouldn't be scared if it was, if it wasn't um, the men in our, in our, in our families, you know, and yeah. how, how the entire family system is run. I think there are men obviously uh, who are open to such things and who are um, interested actually in, in having a family and they would do absolutely anything to have that type to have a family. And even yeah. if it means going through surrogacy, a, a donation, they really don't mind. But then there are families that are deeply rooted in culture and um, in, in their history that, if something like that was to happen, you have to keep it a secret. You can't even tell your husband that this is something that we're doing. You have yeah. to make him believe that, no, that's, that's you know, we, we, we did it. We did it without any, anybody's help. Oh, my God, yay. Um, yeah. Thank goodness, you know, and everyone is happy because when you keep that secret, then no one is going to come under scrutiny on um, this is wrong. This is right. We're banishing you from the family because yeah. those things still happen, you know, sadly. Yeah, they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and with us as, as, as Africans, we don't have, you know, and it, it's so sad because when I think about it, every single time I've had a story about a family or a couple that uh, have infertility issues, it would always be a woman being blamed for it. You know, um, you can't have yes. it. Uh, there's something wrong with you. Um, until, the introduction of we need to have these tests uh, you know people need to get tested on whether they are um they are fertile or not and what's the issue can it be fixed and you and we realize that actually oftentimes it's not it's not the woman's problem actually um it's the man who has some issues I mean, a little bit of issues of conceiving and they need a little bit of help or um the doctor needs to, you know, introduce some uh, medicine <clears throat> and so forth. Yeah. And I think that a little bit helped with uh, women being a little bit vocal in terms of they, they need assistance, you know. Um, and because back in the day, if there was an issue like that, if the husband is having issues with conceiving, then the wife would ask the brother to help them have a child. And that would be done in secret as well because there's so much fear um around you know um talking about these things and again if we have conversations as family because i believe that my purpose in my family is to educate people who don't know my my family members who don't know and i don't see it as oh it's dumb how are they dumb or how do, how do they not you know it's an opportunity to to educate people and it's not because they're dumb it's because 
they were introduced to different ways of doing things. And now there are even better ways of doing things. And that's my, my duty to my family to educate them about these things. And it shouldn't even be, it shouldn't seem like a bother. It's not, you know, um, yeah, it's always an opportunity to educate and um, to also learn why are people uh, still believing in such things and, and how is it that we can change that? Because if I learn and understand where they are coming from, then my way of approach in telling them what I know would be easy and different and it wouldn't be, it, w- it won't induce anxiety. So, exactly. um, yeah, so Africans... Us as Africans, we are very not, we don't do so much well with change at all. Um, So so it can be a little bit difficult when you think about, oh my God, now we have a new way of having kids. What is that? You know, the ancestors must be crazy right now. They must be turning in their graves. (laughs) Yeah. So you'd be surprised. The ancestors are probably even happier that you, you have a child, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love you using the ancestors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you never know. Um, you were sent an angel to help you have a child. So exactly. there's so many things that we don't know. So we, we just need to be very patient with each other and not um, try to not resist that change. And it's yeah. okay. It's okay to be fearful, but not so much that it consumes your your a way that's going to make things easy for you you know exactly well so i love that you know because everybody has different experiences so it's very important that we have those conversations and not fight about it or not you know blame anyone for choosing one opinion over the other it's just explaining why it is good to let children know because you know no one wants to keep secrets but also yeah. to understand where the other side is coming from that, you know, these are the only the experiences. They are fearful from being banished from families. They are fearful of how they're going to be treated. So there's a lot of conversation that needs to happen and awareness and even letting people know, you know, the family, the society that, like you said, this is different, but it doesn't mean it's a bad way of having children. And exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 you know, like when, when you mentioned um, telling the kids, if, if you know, if, if they were um, conceived through a donor, yeah. um, it helps as well for their mental health, actually, because sometimes kids know these things, they can sense these things, that this yeah. is something a little bit different, you know, I mean, um, I look like, I look like my dad, but then I don't look so much like my mom. I don't know. You know, there's different things in mannerisms as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay for them to know. It's really okay for them to know that they, they come from, you know, someone else, but it doesn't change the fact that they are part of that family, you yeah. know, a surety that you are part of this family. You are my child. You are, you know, and usually you find in, in cases where the kids don't know that they come from uh, donors is that um, somehow they, the way they move in the world is very, it's very sad actually, because they don't have the self-esteem um, because they're right. so unsure of their, 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 um, how their belonging, um, if mm-hmm. I may put it like that. So always having that openness in the family. You don't even need to share it with the world. Just share it with your kids that this is what happened. This is what's happening exactly. and why we had to do that. I think it's very important. Um, so, so yeah, kids will always know. Kids will always know. They might not be able to explain it, but they will know. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we just need to keep having this conversation so that people understand the need and people respect. And yeah, I think it's not all going to change in one day, but the more we're speaking about it, then the more people would take the time to also talk about it within their families. Exactly. Because again, it can happen to anyone, right? It's not like anyone chose to have to go through this path. It's exactly it's their reality exactly. and they have to deal with it. Mm, mm. Yeah. So thank you so much for uh, highlighting that and shedding some light on that as well. Uh, in general, you know, is there anything yes. that you wish people, any information that you wish people would know about egg donation, perhaps more, some of the very common questions you get that you'd like to share or answer? Um. I think one of the, uh, you know, in, in, in the African context, I think right. uh, people should know that it's very important to first do your research. Do your research. Mm. And if you can ask those, because if you can call the, the, the egg donor program that you, you, you know, you want to donate through, call them, set up an appointment, set up anything. You have every right to ask each and every question that pops up before you fill in an application form. Even if they say, oh, you're not a donor yet, but you have yeah. every right to ask those questions. You are not asking to see their archives for their patients or anything like that. They need to supply you with that information of, you know, answering your questions on, you know, the hormones that you're going to be taking, um, you know, the clinic that you're going to be going to and so forth. So do not feel like you need to, um, you need to accommodate them. They need to accommodate you because like I said before, you are the most important piece of the puzzle. And if you know that and you feel empowered enough to know that and you have all the information, you are not going to go into the process feeling anxious or not yeah. knowing what you're doing. You are going to know exactly what, what you're doing and what's going to come out of that. And you are going to be healthy and safe. So I think that's the most important thing. And um, I think one of the questions that I've never really got to answer is the, <clears throat> the bills. So the clinic mm. will take care of the bills in terms of your donation, your scans, um, your transport, your everything. So you just go whenever they tell you that you need to come to this clinic for a scan, you just go. Obviously, you pay for the transport, but that will be compensated with the, um, the donation money that you receive. So all the scans, the tests and everything that will be done, that will be taken care of by the clinic. It's not coming out of your pocket because a lot of people are worried that they're going to be paying for that. No, that's not your okay. responsibility. So, yeah, I just really hope that people have the power and or they feel empowered to ask questions before they get into that. And I'm always open on my, on my Instagram to respond to questions. I mean, I've received a lot of questions and I still continue to do so, which I really don't mind at all because I feel like with that information, you make an informed decision on whether you want to donate or not. Exactly. So the best way for people to reach out to you then will be at your Instagram account. It will be my Instagram account or my email address. Uh, my email address is on my Instagram as well. And it's usually under my videos as well. Um, so I'm always, I mean, I might not be able to respond like within the hour, but <laughs> a day or two, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm always yeah. responding. Um, I feel it's very important to do so because, um, you know, people want to want to know that before they can do anything. And I think it's, it's really nice that people are asking all those questions, even if it's about money i really don't mind if you want to donate for money that's fine at the end of the day 
the recipient will be at least getting some hope, you know, and um, and one last thing, by the way, um, people think that when you donate now, the egg is going to be successful. And there's only, I think, about a 1.2% chance of, um, yeah, of of the egg being successful. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done um, from the doctor's side, you know harvesting and 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 doing all that uh, fertilizing the egg exactly yeah it's 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 a it's a lot it's a lot of 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 a process after the the retrieval so um it's not just because you donated it's successful already you know you there's still a lot of work that needs to be done so just because you're donating you're donating that's just a bit that's just a spark of hope that you know what we've reached the process and now the next one starts so um, always have that in mind. Thank you for sharing that. So it doesn't mean that because you donated or they retrieved 20 eggs, that means that's 20 babies out there. No, it doesn't, no, <laughs> no. So out of 20, um, about say for, for example, out of 20, about, um, 15 will be viable for, um, for fertilization. And yeah. out of those 15, about say five will actually get fertilized. And out of those five, maybe, three survive and yeah. out of those three then we never know what's going to happen will the will the recipient um have a successful pregnancy or you know complications might happen anything is possible honestly yeah mm. thank you for sharing that such a thank you. so informative caribou and one last question as a wrap-up any yes. any you know word of advice or quote or affirmation that you found really helpful in your journey so far? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't have any, (laughs) I don't have any (laughs) quotes or anything like that. Um, I think ever since I opened myself up to egg donation, I've just been, I've just been seeing a lot of um, TikTok videos of couples that are trying to get pregnant and every single time it's just so sad and it just makes me cry and I'm just like oh my word that is very sad and unfortunately sometimes there's nothing you can do and um I think that's what's been really breaking my heart at the at the moment but every story every journey has you know um light at the end of it and I do believe that everything has its own time and um, something that a friend of mine used to say is that the universe always meets you at your intention. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think that <laughs> um, your intentions on whatever you do, uh, be it egg donation, be it surrogacy, be it, you know, providing information to everybody who needs to have it, you know, the universe, people will always receive that information, the people that need to will always yeah. receive that information and take it. doesn't mean that they need to tell you that they've received it. Just know that someone has received it. Thank you. Well said, Carabo. It has <laughs> been really amazing having you on here on the show. I mean, it's such an informative session. You have touched on so many points and I'm sure everyone listening has been enlightened and inspired and encouraged as well. And I'm so glad again, once again, for all the amazing work you're doing, raising awareness, educating people and sharing your story. It is so important that we keep having these conversations and you never know who's going to come on your YouTube channel and listen and watch that and just be, that's just what they needed to see. Right. So, or listen to this podcast episode and just be like, wow, yes, I've been, 
you know, I've had that question all this time or know to reach out to you and get more support. So thank you so much. Uh, it's been such a pleasure having you on here. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, and I look forward to having you again in the near future. Definitely. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.